Welcome to Housing Development. So I'm Jerry Howard. I'm Jim Tobin. Well, Jim, it was uh, a busy week last week. Um, uh, and I guess we should address the 900-pound gorilla in the room first. And that is the violence that occurred in the United States Capitol building and on the Capitol grounds last week. Um, NAHB issued a statement condemning that violence um, and applauding law enforcement for ultimately getting things back to normal, uh, and also applauding the courage of the leadership of Congress to go back and do the people's work. Uh, I'll tell you my opinion on it, Jim, is it one of the saddest days of my life to see our nation, uh, our nation's capital, a building which you and I have worked in proudly for many years, uh, assaulted uh, in such a way as to threaten the very fabric of our Constitution, uh, to me, is disgusting. And I personally maybe would have condemned it a little harsher uh, than, uh, than many others, just because it's so personal to me. But um, we got to get past this. This is enough is enough. Yeah, Jerry, I'm, I'm with you uh, 100%. Uh it was uh, it, it was one of the hardest days I've seen in a long time. My, my daughter, who's 11, uh, you know, I, having to explain that to my and, and my son, who's 14, I'm having to explain that to the kids. My, my daughter um, obviously was not around at 9-11. She, she said, Dad, this <clears throat> this has to be worse than 9-11. And I said, well, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. I think that was pretty darn traumatic. I said, you know, because that was an attack uh, on this country from by, by uh, you know, foreigners. Uh, as as opposed to uh, this, which was uh, you know our, our own citizens attacking the the the, uh, the the biggest symbol that we have uh, in the world, in my mind, of of democracy, and like you said, you know, you and I've uh, if 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 walked those those hallways uh, in that building for for a long long time. And, you know, in some of the pictures where, you know, where there's bloodshed or there's trash, we, I know exactly those steps. Uh, I know exactly those statues. Uh, and uh, and it's heartbreaking, uh, you know, with with friends up there and, and just, you know, what they had to go through is is awful. Um, and, and you're right. On the on the 20th of, of January, uh, when when President elect Biden takes the oath of office, hopefully we can we can put all this behind us and move forward, uh, you know, as a country and start to heal. But it's um, it, 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 it was it was as hard, hard a thing to watch. And, and even now, some of the videos that have come out are, are even harder with uh, with what they've done to our what they did to the Capitol Police. And they, it's awful, just just awful. Yes. Uh, but again, the beauty of um, the Constitution uh, was that our leaders on a bipartisan, bicameral basis would not be deterred from doing the people's business. And if there's something that can give us a ray of optimism, it's that fact. Uh, and so uh, we will move forward. Uh, NAHB will continue to play uh, the leading role in advocating on behalf of the housing industry. And um, I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic because it's the American way to be optimistic that we will heal, we will move forward, and that our leaders will recognize that our republic is more important than anything else. So with that, let's look at what's going to happen now, Jim. 
<clears throat> the election, uh, which sort of got overridden in the news by uh, those other events, the election uh, yielded us uh, a, a double win for the Democratic Party, uh, an effective takeover of the Senate. Yeah, uh, we, we had the, 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 two, the two special elections in Georgia uh, went the Democrats' way. Uh, with uh, and and they will be will be seated shortly. They have not been seated yet. The 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 vote has to be certified uh, in Georgia before they they come up and take the uh, take the oath of office up in Washington D.C. But but on January twentieth, uh, when Joe Biden assumes the presidency, the 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 power in the United States Senate will be handed from from the Republicans to the Democrats in a 50-50 tie with with Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, breaking all ties in the Senate, and 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 that will that that has big ramifications, obviously, for that body and and for for us as well. We'll have a new set of chairmen that we will and, and chairwomen that we will have to deal with uh, as as the Repo- as the Democrats take over. Uh, Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer, who will be the 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 majority leader uh, once the the, the power uh, shifts. Uh, they, they will have to work out a power sharing agreement on how the committee structures will work, uh, how who will be called chairman. Uh, it will be the Democrats, but they they will set the agenda uh, and it will make it a whole lot easier for Joe Biden to to get his his uh, cabinet nominations and appointees uh, over over the goal line and through Senate, the Senate confirmation doesn't necessarily make legislating easier, um, but they would. But the but the Democrats will be setting the agenda. They will be calling the hearings. They will be moving the legislation. So uh, different than it has been for the, the last couple of years, that's for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, 50 50 with the vice president breaking a tie. Um, every single senator is the 50th vote. Right. It puts intense pressure on senators in both party, particular senators that are up for re-election in two years. Yeah, that, that's right. So, so you've got you, you've got uh, Senator-elect uh, Raphael Warnock, who's going to have to run in two years to to keep the Georgia seat that he just won, in order to fulfill it, and then, and then he will be running for the, a full term. Mark Kelly in Arizona, uh, who won the special election there, he has to run in two years. Uh, in order to then uh, be to then uh, serve for a full six-year term, uh, th- those two will be uh, will be will, will be on the Democratic side, probably among the most vulnerable. You have uh, you have Ron Johnson up in Wisconsin. Wisconsin went went back to blue this time. He's going to have to run statewide. Uh, he's going to have a tough reelection as a Republican. So there, like you said, uh, every one of those votes are going to be critical. Uh, each one of them is going to be the 50th vote, and th- each one will have ramifications for re-elections down the road. Now, in terms of some of the uh, big things that uh, uh, Senator Schumer in particular talked about, um, changing the filibuster uh, so that it only takes 50 votes to get things done, uh, a statehood for Puerto Rico and the District of Columbia, which, by the way, the mayor of the District of Columbia is publicly calling for now. Yeah. Um, those things. Uh, are a little more difficult as well. And by the way, already uh, Senator Joe Manchin, Democrat from West Virginia, has said that he will not uh, vote in favor of changing the filibuster rules. Uh, Manchin may be the most important man in America for the next (laughs) few years, as far as I can tell. But uh, talk to on that, Jim. Those two things are really important. And they're really important because look, let's whether you're a Democrat or you're Republican, you feel differently about those two things because if D.C. and Puerto Rico became uh, states, 
the demographics in those two areas would indicate that there would be uh, two, uh, a very strong Democratic Party and a very weak Republican Party in both of those areas, possibly meaning four new Democratic senators and an extremely difficult time for the Republicans ever to retake uh, the Senate of the United States. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean that's that's the macro politics when they when they talk about uh, they talk about uh, D.C. and Puerto Rico uh, for statehood. Um, you know, putting aside whether they should be states or not, and there's obviously a lot of debate uh, on on that. But um, the, the the Congress has to pass a law, both the House and Senate, for them to become states. Um, the Constitution sets out that process, um, but but simply it would just simply be a law. Uh, that there would be or, 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 you know, legislation passed by the House and Senate and then signed into law by the president. And then they would essentially become states. And if as you said, the, 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 in order for that to pass the House, uh, they just need a simple majority. In fact, uh, the House did a D.C. statehood vote uh, this last cycle and it passed uh, with with Democratic support. Um, the Senate, they would have to change those filibuster rules. They would still have to overcome a 60 vote threshold. And I and I, I'm not quite sure there are a 10 Republicans that would would support support DC statehood. So in order to get to the statehood for Puerto Rico or DC, you would you will likely in this 50-50 divided, evenly divided Senate, you would have to break the filibuster. And, and that's where uh, Joe Manchin's uh, coming out late last year saying, I would not vote to over to, to overturn the filibuster, again, making it difficult. So those are very much tied. And, and you know, you, you know, I talk about working on the on the in the House of Representatives where, where brute force majority rules. You get to 218 first, you win. The Senate isn't like that when it comes to legislation. They've changed the filibuster rules when it comes to cabinet nominees uh, and, and judicial nominees. But they haven't done it for legislation. If they if they do away with the legislative filibuster, the Senate essentially becomes the House of Representatives. The first of fifty one wins every time, and that just takes up changes the makeup of the Senate as the quote unquote world's most deliberative body. Um, so so there's there's a lot at stake here. So you you're right. Joe Manchin might be the most important person in Washington D.C. right now. Yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting to see. It makes uh, our jobs uh, that much more fun in a lot of ways because. Yeah. We can leave no vote uncounted and and leave no door unknocked upon. That's right. I guess in modern uh, in in the parlance of uh, of COVID times, we can leave no Zoom number uncalled. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but uh, it'll it'll make it for interesting times for us. In the meantime, the 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 president elect has uh, completed his uh, cabinet nominations. Uh, what do you think about the the final ones? Uh, I, well, we, we saw we saw labor uh, nominated. I think I think that we've always known that, that Joe Biden's labor secretary would certainly uh, be someone who comes out of uh, kind of the cut from the union cloth. That is that is no uh, no surprise that the, the current mayor of Boston has been tapped for that job. Uh, and he's already said one of his one of his first priorities is uh, is getting unions, uh, allowing them to organize easier. So that, that's something that is an industry, uh, the, the, the residential uh, building industry is largely uh, ununion and non-unionized. I think that's something we're always always looking out for. Uh, I think you know he will certainly want to strengthen uh, workers' rights and and win workplace protections uh, for, through OSHA. So that's something we're going to have to work out for. Um, Governor Raimondo of uh, of Rhode Island, she has been tapped to be the Commerce Secretary, uh, and I think that's an excellent pick. I, I think as you and I uh, had a conversation with our members. 
in Rhode Island last week. They have an excellent relationship with her. Jerry, you have met her on, 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 on several occasions and think very highly of her, considering that the, 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 the lumber issue is, is in the Commerce Department. Uh, she is very strong on workforce development. Uh, and while that's normally over in DOL, having somebody inside the cabinet room uh, who, who knows about the successes that the building industry can have when they partner with government on job training for our industry, uh, I think she's a fantastic pick. And and, and, and we went as far as to, uh, to, to issue a statement uh, applauding and, and urging a quick confirmation uh, for Governor Raimondo. So I, I think I think there's a, she's going to be a real bright spot in the cabinet. Yeah, she is an incredibly intelligent, uh, moderate, pragmatic woman. Um, she's data driven. Uh, any argument we make in front of her, uh, we will have to prove with data as you and I were schooled very well. And by the way, we should give our thanks to John Mark Antonio, the EO up in Rhode Island for, for talking with us for about an hour last week about this. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think that she will be someone that we'll be able to work very, very well with yeah. in the cabinet. Now, on the other hand, um, you know, the new secretary of labor, uh, secretary designate Walsh talking about uh, union organizing. This is something that our members have to really stop and think long and hard about. Uh, we have been uh, in the past, uh, some will remember uh, protests outside of our board meetings uh, by union organizers who want to make the, uh, the residential sector unionized. It's going to be a very difficult fight for us. And I think it's something that we need to really think uh, very, very carefully about going forward. But uh, it is what it is. Uh, we've played defense before. We've played offense before. And uh, unlike some of the football teams in the uh, NFL playoffs, I think uh, we're equally <laughs> adept at both. So we'll, we'll see going forward. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, you you and I th thrive on thrive on change in the in the, in the changing politics in Washington D.C. Uh, if, if there's one thing, you know, this this is given the strength of the industry right now, especially in the depths of the pandemic, uh, and 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 the and the, the the desperate need for not only. Uh, affordable housing, but for housing affordability uh, and, and our strong membership, I think there's real opportunities uh, to, to use housing uh, inside every one of these new cabinet agencies with all these new appointees that are going to be flooding into Washington, D.C. and a new Congress. Um, we're going to have a, we're going to have a good time, uh, you know, showing people that, that there is a way to move forward here, uh, help housing, help American families and renters uh, with safe, decent, affordable housing. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge. I got to be honest with you. Yeah, as am I. It'll be uh, it'll be a lot of fun. There's nothing like a good legislative fight to uh, get right. your juices flowing. Right. Well, and I think, uh, listeners, as next week unfolds and things start to settle down, we will start having more and more substantive updates. We will try and get uh, some guest speakers on to talk about what's going to be happening uh, going forward here in Washington. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, I would like to encourage all of you yet again uh, to register for the IBSX. Uh, our sales teams are doing a tremendous job in getting uh, the industry leaders to uh, buy packages for virtual booths. About 
uh, 200 or more companies that you can look at virtually at your leisure, uh, look at all their new products. And we are also very, very excited about the virtual education sessions that the team is putting together. So although we won't be live and in person in Orlando or Las Vegas, uh, there's still an opportunity to keep your business at the cutting edge and at the top of its game. And I, pr- and I pray that you will, uh, that you will uh, register. At the same time, as Jim always likes to ask, go ahead, Jim. Folks, we can't do this uh, without your help and your support. And so we're we're uh, we're always looking for new subscribers. Uh, we 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 hear from uh, from our, our friends about how how uh, how much they enjoy this podcast. Talk to your friends. Talk to your neighbors. Uh, this is this is the most forward looking uh, podcast you're going to find uh, on the interwebs. And I encourage you to subscribe. I also also encourage you to send us your questions uh, as our as our loyal listeners. Uh, we want to hear what's on your mind, and 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 then you can help us with future topics as well. You can always email us at podcast at nhb.org uh, to tell to give us your questions or comments, and we'll be happy to to air uh, air our, our favorite ones. Uh, next time. So uh, please subscribe. We appreciate your uh, your loyal listenership. I'm not saying that Jim takes this seriously, ladies and gentlemen, but I know for a fact that he gave both of his kids subscriptions to <laughs> housing developments for Christmas. <laughs> it was either that or Cole, so I, I opted for this one. <clears throat> Thank you all for listening. We'll Thanks. be back soon with housing developments. For now, I'm Jerry Howard. And I'm Jim Tobin. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.